Hey, you're currently listening to season three of the Learn to Co with Me podcast. I'm your host, Laurence Bradford, and this season I chat with a range of individuals who work in tech. Flyiron School's online web developer program focuses on community, actual development tools, and features a curriculum that will teach you the skills you need to land a career as a software engineer. Get $500 off your first month by visiting flatironbootcampprep.com. FreshBooks is excited to announce the launch of an all-new freelancer-friendly version of their accounting software. To claim an unrestricted 30-day free trial, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash learn to code and enter learn to code with me in the how did you hear about us section. Hey listeners, welcome to the learn to code with me podcast. I'm your host, Laurence Bradford. In today's episode, I talk with Raj Mukherjee, Senior Vice President of Product at Indeed.com, the world's largest job search engine. Before working at Indeed, Raj worked at major tech companies like Microsoft, Google, GoDaddy, and others. Make no mistake about it, Raj is a seasoned technology professional. In our conversation, we discuss tech job trends, the most lucrative tech professions in the U.S., the value of coding boot camps in 2017 and beyond, as well as much more. Remember, you can get show notes for this episode plus more information about Raj at learntocodewith.me forward slash podcast. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe on whichever podcast player you listen on. And if you're feeling particularly generous, a rating and review of the show would be greatly appreciated too. Enjoy the interview. Hey, Raj, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey, Lawrence, how are you? How's everything going? I'm doing really well. How are you? I am doing great. So yeah, I'm so excited to have you on the show. As I mentioned in the intro, you're the SVP of product at Indeed. And really excited to talk to you about tech, tech jobs. Uh, and you also had this really fascinating report recently on coding boot camps. So can't wait to dive into that. But really quick, could you introduce yourself to the audience? Great, yeah. Uh, so I'm the, as you mentioned, SVP of product at Indeed and been with the company for about eight or nine months now, and very excited about where we are going as a company. And prior to this, I was at GoDaddy uh, before the company went public and then took the company public. And then even prior to that, I was at Google and Microsoft. Uh, So long, long career of working in tech in different companies and now finding my best work at Indeed, and hopefully we are changing the world one day at a time. Awesome. So out of curiosity, how did you end up, um, of course, Microsoft, Google, major tech companies, and I know a lot of my audience is already familiar with GoDaddy, which does like domain purchasing, uh, web hosting, I'm sure you have a whole other suite of products. How did you end up at Indeed and it kind of a bit of a industry transition going from these other tech companies to something that focused that focuses on careers. Yeah, you know, it was an interesting opportunity. So I, I right around the time that GoDaddy had completed my one year after GoDaddy had gone public, I was looking for a career transition myself and looking at different opportunities that existed. There is no dearth of opportunity in the Bay Area. There are lots of interesting opportunities that exist here, uh, but I wanted to do something that was call it massive impact worldwide. And there are only a few things that I can think of that has that level of impact. Uh, I guess jobs, healthcare, probably top it up in terms of the top three things that people can think of when it comes to massive impact worldwide. And I looked at a variety of companies that have entered into the job space, um, including obviously there are companies that uh, exist such as LinkedIn. And I felt that Indeed was one of those companies that had the muscle 
to really change the world when it comes to basic job training and job capabilities that people need and then finally they want to search for a job and it's such a foundational thing that people want that I got super excited once I started looking into it uh, I found the people in the company were incredible the cultural fit was great and I fell in love with what they were trying to achieve in the next 5 10 years that got me to the company. Awesome. Yeah. And as you know and a lot of the listeners know, I'm super passionate as well about careers and helping people, especially millennials, uh, get new jobs in tech and level up their skills. So, another reason why I'm so excited to have you on since we have that um, a kind of sh- similar shared interests. So, okay, so you've been at Indeed for 8 or 9 months. And you've definitely done a lot while you're there, and you've done some really awesome, uh, like, tech job research. And I know you've done uh, – there's various reports that you guys put out all the time. But with what you know now today, with the time that we're recording, what tech careers are growing the most in popularity? You know, it's a, it's a very good question. We always track the keywords that people use to search for tech jobs. And when we think about – different kinds of tech jobs where people are looking at, particularly in the United States, because we are a global company, so we look at everything worldwide as well. Uh, But broadly in the United States, things such as the term like Ruby developer, that's really, really a keyword that people are searching for. And that tells you that there's a lot of interest among Ruby developers to look for jobs specifically in the tech industry. Things such as uh, when you broadly look at the tech industry, not just around the specific type of skill set, People are looking for broad set of tech jobs in development. They're also looking at broad set of tech jobs that enable development, like product management or design. And so, quite frankly, the entire tech industry, and it doesn't require me to say this, but broadly you know this, the entire tech industry is in a huge talent shortage. Uh, There's a need for more than a million developers or tech talent in the next three to five years, uh, based on the Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, in the United States itself. So this... it clearly is one of the source of high-paying jobs in this country, which is something we are blessed with. And so people are looking for that. Yeah, and I love how you talked about, like, the differences in region. Well, you, you kind of just mentioned it. Uh, so most of the listeners um, on the show are from the U.S., but we do, of course, have people in other countries like the U.K., India, Canada, Australia. Uh, what has been some things that you found um, as far as, like, geographic differences in the, the things that people are searching? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. and. UK, the job search term that has seen the highest growth is job coach, right? So it's a, but it is pretty telling, like people who are coaching other people to get a job that has seen a huge number, huge, like increase in term. And job coaches also think of it as it's also helping people get a job. So people are coming to Indeed and they're trying to see, hey, how do I help? How do I get a better job? Uh, things such as um, when you look at the UK again, just taking that example, things such as cybersecurity is seeing a lot of interest in UK. Uh, on the other hand, if you go to a different, more traditional country uh, in Central Europe, like Germany, you're seeing things like, hey, translator of English, that's getting a lot of job growth. And that makes sense because many of the jobs that they're probably working on are looking for, and this is again a hypothesis, but they're probably working on jobs that require bilingual skills both German and English. And so that job, again, is seeing a lot of growth. The second job that I'm seeing in Germany is engineering. And that also kind of makes sense. It's local economy. Uh, Germans are known for their high prowess in engineering. And so that term is, again, showing up a lot in job search in Germany. So broadly, there are some very interesting trends that we are finding as we go across 
just explained to you continental Europe versus United Kingdom, and there's a significant difference in that. And if you go across the world and look at different parts of the world, you will notice such differences across the board. I mean, I, I mentioned briefly on the U.S. job spike. I mentioned to you the Ruby developer term, which has seen the highest growth rate. But I mean, there are terms such as welder fabricator that has also seen a lot of in, in, increase. And so that means there is also a mix of high skill and what you would call traditional skills that are in the mix as well. It's not just high-tech jobs that people are searching for. Yeah, and of course, unlike some other um, career websites or job posting websites that may be tech-specific, Indeed um, has all kinds of jobs in a range of industries, so not tech jobs only, uh, in case any of the listeners weren't aware of that. But as you're talking about this and we're thinking of what job seekers are searching and the key terms that you're that you're looking at and analyzing, is there any correlation between these terms that job seekers are looking up and the job ads um, or the job listings that employers are posting? Yeah, we certainly see a spike in listing of tech jobs. I mean, that's certainly there. Um, but we also see a spike in other kinds of jobs. So there is some correlation. Have we done an analysis purely on the correlation of jobs versus job seekers? We have. Um, I, I think that's, that's a data that I don't have in front of me this very second, but I'm more than happy to talk to you offline and online on it again. Uh, but broadly, I think think of it as there is a definite industry supply demand that gets reflected in job search. That always gets reflected in the number of jobs posted and the number, number of job seekers looking for those kind of jobs. Uh, and one other thing I would add, I think you mentioned that Indeed is all kinds of jobs. It's very interesting. I mean, we have uh, millions and millions of jobs worldwide but also the job seekers that are coming in, they're from all works of life. It's not just that the jobs are diverse, which by definition will be because they represent the economy, but also the job seekers represent the entire economy. We have 200 million unique people visiting Indeed every month looking for all sorts of jobs. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good point as far as the listings go, and then also with of course the job seekers coming and looking for jobs. It's a range of a range of people going there. So aside from the um, the key terms that people are searching and even like the job ad titles that employers are using, has there been any trends in skills, um, specifically tech skills that you've seen? So um, maybe certain programming language or some other kind of tech skill that seems to be, that seems to be growing um, in demand recently? You know, clearly the what we are seeing is developer jobs broadly. And when I say developer jobs, don't just think of it as a specific language. It's all sorts of language that you're using, uh, whether it be traditional languages like Java or whether it be Ruby, uh, that's seeing a definite significant increase in terms of interest, both on the job seeker side and on the um, employer side. And uh, pretty pretty recently, we had published this whole study around is the tech talent war hurting innovation or not? And we basically interviewed hiring managers and tech recruiters um, across the United States, and we got the data on what, what it shows. And it's, it's kind of, I mean, seems the data again reflects what the situation is. Uh, almost nine in 10 respondents, 86% said they find it challenging to find and hire technical talent with a third, 36% saying it's very challenging. So when you think about from a perspective of whether you're a small company, medium-sized company, or a large company, and when I say small company, you could be a small startup, you could be a medium-sized company, not always in Bay Area. There's many other companies, tech companies, that are growing outside of Bay Area as well. And they're all struggling to find the right kind of technical talent. 
And it is almost one of those supply-demand mismatches that to some degree pains me because I, I see and look at this from an economic standpoint and the higher, higher paying jobs are in tech and the people who need to go there, they're not oftentimes able to go there. So how do we solve that imbalance and enable a larger cross-section of economy to benefit from this tech boom that this country is experiencing is something that I personally deeply care about. Yeah, definitely. And this kind of ties into another report that you put out recently um, about coding boot camps, because of course there's, you know, there's this mis- mismatch with supply and demand, but not everyone has um, the time or the budget to go back to college full time or get, you know, get a master's or something in um, a tech related field. So how are boot, um, coding boot camps coming into this? It's an excellent question. And look, there is no silver bullet to solving the technical talent shortage that exists in the country or broadly globally. Um, And we have a situation where there are lots of people who are interested in getting into the tech sector. Many of them may not have the skill set or the background to get into the tech sector. So how do we enable them? How do we get them trained and get them to be part of this new economy that we have built now? And so when we think about some of the things that the boot camp or the coding boot camps are trying to solve is they are giving the people that are coming into those coding boot camps the capabilities to find a suitable job in the tech sector. The question, the more important pertinent question then becomes, hey, are the people that are coming out able to find jobs, able to find suitable high paying jobs that they were looking for, and are they delivering value to the companies that are hiring them? So we ran a survey, as you were mentioning, uh, around what you would call understanding the value of coding bootcamps. And what we found, it was very interesting. The data, uh, again, we're cutting and slicing it in many, many varieties. We found that 72% of hiring managers and recruiters are aware of coding bootcamp educations. First level, it's awareness. People do feel like, yeah, you know, I think I know what they're, what, what is happening. And then 90%, this is a pretty big number, 90% have considered job candidates who were from coding bootcamps. So it's, it's a stage where okay, great, I'm aware of it. And then out of that, 90% people are saying, yeah, I'm actually interested in knowing and hiring people from a coding bootcamp. And then this is the part that really, really got me super excited uh, and something that I think I need to go and work with my team to come back and understand more, which is 72% say that coding bootcamp graduates are just as prepared and likely to be high performers as candidates with traditional CS background degrees. So when you think about the three things, three data points I talked about, one is people are aware of it. Second is they're considering it as part of the hiring. And third is when it comes to the performance of these candidates, once they're in the job, they're comparing favorably. I'm not saying every single code camp, uh, code bootcamp graduate is at the same level as someone who is coming out from a top CS degree, but certainly they're comparable and they're delivering value to the company. And that these three combinations uh, is certainly a very big shift that we are seeing in the tech industry. And to me, I think one of the things that we have to be careful of is obviously getting super excited and certainly saying, okay, all coding boot camps are the same and they're all created equally. That's not the case. I think if you, again, we asked a different question around regulation and one of the things that came out was, look, even the hiring managers or the recruiters, they want coding boot camps to be, to have some degree of regulation. I don't know what kind of regulation we can think of, but certainly some standards that are maintained when people are coming out of these coding boot camps. But there is absolute interest and demand for graduates from these coding boot camps. Sit tight, podcast listeners. We're taking a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. 
Flatiron School's online web developer program, Community Powered Bootcamp, and free bootcamp prep courses are perfect for anyone interested in a career change and becoming a developer. Flatiron students come from a range of backgrounds, from financial to creative. What they all have in common is the passion, grit, and determination to learn to love code. Flatiron's rigorous 800-plus-hour curriculum will teach you the skills you need to land a fulfilling career as a software engineer. Learn to Code With Me listeners can get an awesome $500 off their first month to get started on that career change. Just visit flatironbootcampprep.com. One online Flatiron student said he'd learn more in a couple of days with Flatiron than a year of computer science classes. If you're interested in learning how to think like a real developer while using tools actual developers use, check out Flatiron's online web developer program at flatironbootcampprep.com and claim your $500 discount. So you're racing against the clock to wrap up three projects, prepping for a meeting later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to life as a freelancer. Challenging, sure but our friends at FreshBook believe the rewards are so worth it. There have never been more opportunities for the self-employed, especially in tech. That's why FreshBooks has redesigned its cloud accounting software from the ground up, custom built for exactly the way freelancers work. Get ready for the simplest way to be more productive and organized and get paid quickly. Create and send professional looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. Set up online payments with just a couple of clicks and get paid up to four days faster. See when your client has seen your invoice and put an end to the guessing games. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to my listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com forward slash learn to code and enter learn to code with me in the how did you hear about us section. Yeah, wow, those numbers are really impressive. And I also think they um, provide relief uh, to people who are considering going to a coding bootcamp because I know there's a lot of um, listeners to the show and people who read the blog that want to go to a coding bootcamp, aren't sure if it's right for them. Of course, I always tell people to do their research and try to talk to past graduates before making a final decision and attending and you know picking a coding bootcamp to go to because as you mentioned, they're not all necessarily the same and some could be better than others. Nonetheless, it is very reassuring to hear some of those stats that you just gave. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we at Indeed ourselves, we are using and partnering with coding bootcamps and we have hired a few interns from coding boot camps, and we realize the value. It can be part of your hiring mix. And I mean, my advice would be, don't just jump in, join any coding boot camp. Like you said, do your research, understand whether the coding boot camp has had a history of good placements, whether people graduating from them have gone to successful career paths. And if they have, then yeah, it's a good a good mechanism to retrain yourself and get ready for the new economy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, looking back at the study a bit uh, for the claim boot camps, how many did you uh, speak to or survey or whatever the the method was? Oh, the method was different. The method was survey of 1,000 U.S. tech hiring managers and recruiters. So we essentially went and had a survey around them and basically gathered data on what they were looking for when they were thinking about coding boot camp graduates. Because the idea was we want to understand whether employers are valuing these candidates and placing them appropriately. And ultimately, that's the benchmark of success for any such school, right? If they're if they're graduating from the school and they're not getting hired, then what's the point? Yeah, yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, and that totally makes sense. I think you kind of hinted at that in your answer um, about interviewing the employers and HR and other kinds of recruiters that 
are hiring or thinking of hiring um, coding bootcamp grads. So was there uh, was there anyone um, who took the survey, or I don't, maybe this wasn't even an option in the survey, that had no idea what a coding bootcamp was, or was that kind of a prerequisite before even taking the survey? No, no, actually it wasn't. Uh, so we found that uh, some people were not aware of it. 72% of hiring managers and recruiters are aware of the coding bootcamp education model. So they understand what this means and they understand this as a source of talent. Now, clearly there is 28% who are not fully aware of it. I mean, when, when we say awareness, it's deep awareness, like, hey, do you understand what coding bootcamp means? Do you understand what education value they provide? Those kind of things. So they are probably not fully aware of that. And then again, the other thing we asked just to test and double back on it, 86% of respondents say that applications from coding bootcamp graduates have been going up over the last few years. So even if they were not fully aware of the bootcamp education piece, they know that they're getting graduates from that. So that is also driving some awareness where they're like, okay, you know, I'm actually getting people who are coming from this coding bootcamp. Let me try to understand what this means. So that is also driving some awareness. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I'm looking at, I have some numbers in front of me um, from, from this study. And this is also something I think is really interesting, um, just quoting exactly. It says 51% say that, they're, that they are a good way to help job seekers from underrepresented groups such as women and minorities find work in the technology sector. And I don't know if I've seen an actual like like um, legit study published with, with numbers on this, but I have um, spoken to lots of coding boot camps and people who've hired from coding boot camps. And I feel like I've heard that that same sentiment. Because I know, speaking from from myself and my story, when I was in college, um, even until a few years after college, I never even considered um, getting a job in tech. Or I, I always thought I was really bad at computers. There was no role for me, um, things like that. So I, so yeah, it's really nice that I think you can go back to these coding boot camps later, and you can kind of retrain yourself, and then have an equal footing and get a tech job later in life. Absolutely. And there are so many people who are looking to have make a career at some point in their life. Uh, and they are probably in the second innings of their life, right? So they, they may have had a career and they may have reached a certain peak point and they have decided that they want to do something else. And having the ability to go back and learn some new skills that are highly valued in this new tech economy, that I think is an incredibly powerful tool. And to me, I think Again, that's why I am interested in this space. Uh, I wouldn't always say that, as I've been saying, that you have to be always cautious when something's new and when something is coming to the fore. You have to understand the value of it. But for me, I think this actually provides a different opportunity for people than it exists today. Yeah, and it's just crazy to think. Um, I think the first coding boot camps were maybe around in 2010, maybe a little bit earlier, but they've really grown the last few years. And I can't think of the number off my top of my head, but it's like something insane, like 3x, 5x, maybe even more than that, just like the number across the U.S. and in the world, um, just the, the number of options available. Absolutely. I think that they have certainly scaled a lot, and they're they're showing in numbers as well, the people that we are getting. Uh, they obviously have coding bootcamp degrees. And so that also is showing a significant increase in number. Yeah, awesome. So 
this is kind of circling back to something you mentioned before. Um, you were saying how Ruby developer was one of the mm-hmm. most search search terms uh, in the United States, like the keyword search um, that people people are doing on the um, on Indeed. Is there are there any tech jobs that are decreasing in search? Like any anything that keywords that maybe once upon a time they were really highly <laughs> searched and now they're not? <laughs> Just out of curiosity. Gosh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's COBOL developer or something. I, I, that's a good question. That's a really good question. There, there probably are some terms that are decreasing in relevance over time. And people are, I mean, partly because there aren't that many people who are creating those skill sets. Um, I, I think, think of them as older programming languages that existed a long time back. And some of them don't even exist anymore. And so the people don't search for those terms anymore. We probably don't have them in our list. Um, but I, I could get a list of technology terms for you offline and uh, send send that over to you on some of the interesting terms that have seen a decrease in relevance over time over the last ten years. Maybe that will be an interesting thing to follow up on. Yeah, because I again I get tons of um, people who write into me and ask questions about what they should learn, and sometimes it'll be like, should I learn you know Java, Ruby, or JavaScript, or you know I'm thinking of doing this, this, that, and it's kind of um, you know, it really depends, you know, on the individual's end goals and what they want to do as a career because, of course, um, say if you want to be like a front-end developer, then learning something like JavaScript would be a lot more useful than learning Java. But mm-hmm. then if you mm-hmm. want to, you know, build Android apps, uh, learning, jo- learning Java would, of course, come into play. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's just interesting. So with that being said, what do you think or what – if there, if you have any data on this um, with, right. with JavaScript, like has there been um, upwards trends of – people searching JavaScript developer or maybe on the on the reverse um, job listings that employers are putting up that have any um, that, are, that are asking for JavaScript skills more than they were before yeah so I think Java and JavaScript so if you if I go back to the United States terms like the, I, I shared with you Ruby developer as the highest growth but the other ones that are very interesting UX designer and when I say UX designer some of them are certainly user interface designers as in they are pure designers but many of them are also I think of them as people who can code JavaScript as well. Um, and that's seeing a more than 500% growth in search terms. Uh, things such as DevOps engineer, which you would say, okay, DevOps is actually in the quote-unquote back office, but it's a very important part of running an engineering team. That's seeing a 190% plus growth. Uh, application developer, which falls under the same category that you talked about, Java, uh, that's seeing, again, 190% growth. So these are very, very critical parts of the overall tech sector. Like when you think about how do I build a great user interface? How do I make that come to life? How do I make an engineering system be stable and reliable? That's where the DevOps engineer comes in. And that's seeing a huge, huge amount of growth. And same with application developer. How do I write the application that's necessary and hand it over to the DevOps person so that they can run those applications. So I think you're seeing it across the board. Perhaps some areas are seeing a little bit more. I think user interface design has actually become uh, one of the most coveted professions in the tech industry, uh, and for good reason, because as you can, you and I both realize, um, creating a simple and visually appealing application is very hard. It's not easy to take the clutter out of something, make it very simple, and also at the same time, make it visually appealing. And that's something that good user interface designers can bring to life. And if they can build a great interaction model, then that certainly can be a game changer for a technology company. So I think that's that's what 
I, I'm seeing across the board when it comes to search terms and also broadly looking at the entire industry, which I've been part of for the last 15 years, I'm seeing some of these changes happening. And they're pretty dramatic changes, if you think about it. I mean, user experience wasn't as valued when I first started my tech career. And going back in my history of my life, right, um, when you think about uh, 2002, 2003 timeframe, that wasn't time when user interface design was valued as much as it is today. But now it is. And I'm so happy for it because I think it actually fundamentally changes the joy you have in using the products and technology that you have in front of you. Yeah, a thousand percent. It's you know, it's so important. I just think so much, so many of my conversations at uh, my full-time job relate to UI design or user interface copy or something with the user interface in one way or another. So yeah, it's it's incredibly important um, and definitely a really important role. So thank you so much, Raj, for sharing all this information and um, some of these cool like statistics and, and trends in tech. And I'm curious for a person listening who is maybe more um, in the middle of their career, you know, they're not looking to go back to college. Do you have any advice for them um, on like what they should learn or how they could get into this tech world? You know, if you are what I would call a mid-career professional, you have some skill sets that are extremely valuable to your current industry. Uh, I would say take a step back and really try to understand why you are wanting to get into the tech sector. Uh, Because oftentimes, shiny objects are just shiny. Just because something is um, like being talked about, just don't run into it. Uh, I think just take a step back, understand what your life goals are. And this is just general sound career advice, I would say, that I received from many, many people when I was uh, starting my career or it was in the middle of my career and thinking about different things that I wanted to do. And I got it from others. So that's step one, like reevaluate, understand where you are, really make sure that you are in for career change and do it for the right reasons. Now, once you have decided that you want to be in the tech sector, I think things such as you can be a self-made programmer. Programming is one of those things that you can pick up by picking a book, getting excited about it, and learning by yourself if you have an analytical mind. It doesn't require you to go to any coding bootcamp or anything. You can start doing it, like quite frankly, as I said, in your own, with your own computer, in your own office, in your home. So I, I think that's one like immediate thing I would do if someone was thinking about moving into the tech sector, had an analytical bent of mind, whatever degree they might have had in their career, that took them to that job level that they're in, just experience it for yourself and double check whether that's something you find exciting or not. Because it's one thing to say, you know, I'm excited by the salary, I'm excited by the opportunity that it provides. Uh, It's another thing to actually enjoy the 10, 12 hours you will spend every day coding. So you've got to really enjoy that. And so you need to know whether that's something you want to do or not. And then once you have figured out that, yeah, I mean, those things kind of match up and you really like uh, what you, 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 you're you sensible about your career change, you like what you want to do, and programming is the thing for you, then I think coding bootcamp or something that allows you to expose yourself to a wide variety of languages, even colleges. I mean, I've seen people go back to college, community college. I mean, I live in an area where there are community colleges nearby. People go back to community colleges, they pick up courses and they get a, a associate degree in computer science, and that helps them a lot too. So figuring out a way or a mechanism to validate your skill sets and learning from it, and then trying to get an internship with a company that would be willing to take a bet on you, and essentially saying, hey, I'm gonna really learn and dedicate myself to this new career that I'm going forward. I think if you do these three things, step one, reevaluate, understand where you are. Step two, really understand whether you can do programming, and are you excited about that as a day-to-day job? And step three, 
finding the necessary skill sets through all the avenues possible and potentially getting a way to exhibit your skill sets. I think you'll be set. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all that, Raj. It's great advice. And finally, where can people find you online? You know, they can find me at Twitter. Uh, I have a handle called at Rajatism. Uh, R-A-J-A-T-I-S-M so they can definitely find me at Twitter okay great yeah listeners will definitely put that in the show notes and any of their um, links and um, some of these reports that Raj mentioned we'll put a link to those as well so thank you again Raj for coming on the show thank you thank you so much I really appreciate your time and hopefully your listeners find this enjoyable I hope you found our conversation helpful Again, the show notes for this episode can be found at learntocodewith.me forward slash podcast. If you're listening to this episode in the future, simply click the search icon in the upper navigation of the page and type in Raj's name. His name is spelled like R-A-J and his last name M-U-K-H-E-R-J-E-E. If you enjoyed this episode, visit my website, learntocodewith.me, where you can find even more awesome code-related content, like my 10 free tips for teaching yourself how to code. Thanks so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next week.